I'm Jenna Jake, and you're listening to the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. Hey, are you or someone you care about considering, dealing with, or being through a divorce or separation? Well, you're in the right place. You don't have to do this alone. There are people who care and want to help. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thanks for joining me on the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. You are going to hear from our team of experts and professionals how to navigate this difficult transition in your life easier, more efficiently, and with better outcomes. Did you know we host online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome? Check out the links in our show notes and be sure and join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. Wow, I cannot wait for you to meet my guest on the show today. Jenna Jake is actually the host of her own podcast as well, the Soul Streaker Podcast. Be sure and check it out. She's a post-divorce coach who helps women thrive in their new lives. She really encourages everyone to, regardless of their circumstances, be in a love affair with themselves. She's an expert on all things regarding personality and communication and really encourages you not to be afraid of yourself. Now, what does she mean by that? Listen here and you'll catch some incredible gems that will really support you through whatever changes you might be, whether you are single or even if you aren't. There are some wonderful tips that she has for you. Let's meet her now. Hey, Jenna, I am just thrilled that you're here with us today. And you are coming to us all the way from New New Jersey. Jersey. Yes, correct. Amazing. Now, I love your podcast. You are a fellow podcaster. And everything that you've been talking about really resonates and fits with my audience as well. So I really wanted to bring you on here and get them uh, to meet you and find out some of the ways that you are helping people through divorce and where you're taking the podcast now. And it's really exciting stuff. So please tell us about yourself and more about what you do. Thank you. Yeah. I am the host of soul streaker podcast where single girls rise and I'm, I'm rebranding myself in life and professionally at the same time. And I'm focusing my podcast on that single girl rising that you've been through divorce or maybe you're just single and you want to let yourself rise and be your most authentic self, but also raise your vibration at the same time. That's fantastic because it, it takes a lot out of, you know, both girls and boys, if we want to use those terms for the whole process that when they go through a divorce, but I love that you are really acknowledging how much we, you know, how low we are sometimes when we come out of that and how much we need to rise our vibration, our energy, and just really our hope for the future. Yeah. It's really a time to change your life, to look at yourself because you've had this traumatic event and you can, it's kind of a great time to think about what, what happened you know, this, I got hit with this wave and, and how do we, how do I, what was my role in this and how do I not prevent this from happening again? And what did I learn and who do I want to become? And because it's so scary, the unknown, but the unknown is so ripe with infinite possibility. And I keep reminding myself of that. I love that term. I'm not sure if you are a Mike Dooley follower, but mm-hmm. I am certified in their infinite possibilities course and as a trainer. So that term is, I think, the perfect summary of what the universe has to offer for us. Now, I want to back up just a little bit because you mentioned the traumatic experience that is divorce and is separation. It is that for everyone. <clears throat> but I I did notice in your bio that you also mentioned one of the things that you do help people through is and you speak on is emotional abuse. And that is something very close to my heart that I am trying to help build more awareness and connect people. So they know they aren't alone in that, that they aren't doubting that that is 
you know, that that's domestic abuse and what they're experiencing, they may be comparing and saying, well, it wasn't physical or, you know, I felt, I felt threatened, but I never actually was hit. So I don't know, is that abuse? So can we briefly touch on your thoughts around, around abuse and how you support people? Yes. I think when you, when you're feeling icky around somebody or you're feeling frustrated or you do the best that you can and it's never good enough. And you're on egg. I think the key is when you're on eggshells around that person. Um, that's abuse. You're being abused. I would think my guess is that you should not be on eggshells around your partner. What like wondering if everything you do is like, Oh my gosh, are they going to get mad? Are they going to get mad? And you may feel like your partner has an anger management problem, but you may be dealing with a narcissist. And I really suggest people get educated on what that means, which is not an easy thing to do because once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep ever. Once you really choose to wake up and see your role in it, because then you have to see that you may be addicted or you may be trauma bonded. And then that's where the real world begins. Wow. That is a perfect summary of that's just an easy red flag for people to watch out for and to understand that, yes, you, you are hearing your instincts speak very loudly and uh, ignoring that is not going to make it go away. Trying very hard and harder and harder to please and to not trigger somebody is not the solution. So thank you very much for and also, that. I just want to mention boundaries. I had loose boundaries and you're never, you're always, you're never thinking about what you want. You're always trying to please the other person. And it could be two people. In my case, it was two people that were fighting to control me. And I never, what I want and never factored in because I never had a self until I was divorced. And then my, you know, my parents also were, had some narcissistic entitled personality tendencies. And once I had to get away from them too. So mm. it's been hard. That is very difficult. Yeah, uh, I had similar experience and that is tricky because, you know, someone you're married to, you can get away from easier, even if there's children involved and people understand that and accept that and support you in that. Mm -hmm. But when there's family, it's a lot trickier and you don't owe anyone an explanation, but we do feel like we're more obligated to maintain those relationships and they, whether they're healthy or not. So yeah. yeah, that's if my, tough. my mother was not demented, I don't, if I was the person I am today, we would not have a good relationship and it would have been really hard to stand up to that, to lose that love, because then I would have felt like I had nobody, but Those here I am, are... she's demented. I don't have the relationship with her and I'm still standing. So yeah. It's, but it's, yeah, it's a big decision to cut people out. So on the subject of boundaries, that is part of rising up and, mm -hmm. and gaining strength. And those are hard. Those are so tough because first we need to acknowledge we probably don't have any, or they're very poor, poorly defined. So we acknowledge it. We start thinking about, okay, how can I, what boundaries do I need? How am I going to define them? And then communicate them to others because it's so easy to disappoint our own boundaries and not honor them if we haven't communicated them and communicating is tough it, it makes them very real and that might be that we distance ourselves from people who make us feel icky mm -hmm. and those people maybe don't always accept that and they keep trying to push that boundary and you're trying to create some distance and it might be friends who just aren't supportive or family it's, it's really tough. I've even heard of people whose children needed to be like adult children or older children that they did need to create some distance because, you know, they can't see things from the perspective that you are coming from and don't understand why you needed to distance. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah. And it, it begins with yourself. And this is really probably might be hard for your audience to hear, but the only person you really ever have a problem with is you. And so where do you begin this circle? Because you, you need to have self-esteem to have boundaries and you can't have boundaries if you don't have self-esteem. And if you don't have boundaries, other people will put theirs on you. And there's a lot to untangle here. Ouch. So yeah, you gotta really <laughs> yeah. start to just have 
this conversation with yourself and compassion and make a vow, which is what I did to never, ever betray yourself again. And that is what I, one thing I learned from my divorce. My ex was my greatest teacher. I will never betray myself again. And start, I would start with that. The commitment is something that you come from. Ooh, that's beautiful. And that's powerful. Now I want to go <clears throat> and talk more, pardon me, about the rebranding and the, and the, and the, the tangent now that you are going down with your podcast and your coaching and, and how you are supporting people, uh, women specifically post-divorce. Yeah, I'm working doing post-divorce and then I'm going to, would like to do some things with divorce prevention too, because divorce Ooh. is so traumatic. Yes. How do we prevent this divorce? How do we work? Cause we're the ones we've been waiting for. So how do we work on ourselves enough that we realize that our, any all of our problems are just a conversation that we're having in our head and that when we change the way we see things everything changes so we wouldn't need to get divorced in the first place i would hope in most instances but recovering from divorce you you know you have this choice you can not recover and let the pain monster eat you and be bitter or right. you know you can open the door to your the most beautiful life that you want to have with your choice. And that is a tough pill to swallow yeah. because our choice, you know, all along, especially if there's been some abuse involved, we feel like we don't control. We don't have choice. We are just in survival mode or we're reacting to try and keep the peace or not trigger someone. And we really don't, <clears throat> pardon me, we really don't feel in control and that is empowering, but it's also intimidating that it's our choice. We choose and we chose to stay or we chose to allow ourselves to be treated in a way or not be happy. Everything comes down to our choice. So I really love that you made that point, Jenna. Uh, now, gratitude is one of the tools that you really encourage people to lean into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you expand on that, please? Yes. So because <clears throat> I think we live in the universe and I don't know if people listen to our spiritual and they listen to Abraham Hicks or Joe Dispenza or any of these, or Wayne Dyer, anybody that you listen to, even Louise Hay, they all talk about gratitude because I think it's one of the most powerful forces that we can have because when we expand on gratitude, great things happen to us so it's not what we want when they talk about the law of attraction it's what who you are what you embody that changes you so it's not only to be grateful it's to be embody the gratitude like that you can't not be grateful because it's who you are not just feel grateful i want to say but be grateful and so i, I spend, spend the day going i'm just going to be gratitude today and i always have the best day when i do that because people want, like, I would, what would you like? If I was a genie and I said, what would you like? They might say, I want, I want to be wealthy. I want all this money. I want a relationship. I want to travel, whatever it is. But if I gave somebody a million dollars in the middle of nowhere and you had nothing to spend on, it would be worthless. I could give you the worst relationship. So what people really are after is gratitude, peace, passion, joy. Those are the things that we want. Abundance, security, freedom. So I practice being those things because those are the things that I really want to bring into my life. But mm. there's, there's a lot of work with that. Yes. Tell it's us not, more about, tell us more about that work because embodying it or just sitting down and, you know, faithfully every morning writing in, in your gratitude mm -hmm. journal and it becomes rote and just, you aren't really feeling it. But to be in your day and just pause and go, oh, I'm so grateful for my body. It breathes on its own. The heart beats on its own. It's carrying me through my day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, things like that are more of a, ah, I mean, that's literally embodying it as well, but because you're referring yes. to your own body, but, you know, notice, a, 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 I, I like this one. You'll see a mama duck with her little babies and just, oh, that just blesses your day. You just absorb that beauty, that, that sweetness and grateful that that crossed my path, say, 
but yeah, tell us more about how we can embody that better and be, be present and conscious in that gratitude. I love the way Pema Chodron talks about all of this. And she talks about being a Bodhisattva, a Bodhisattva, which is a warrior, but you're really a warrior for what they call Bodhicitta, which is not hardening your heart to life circumstances, letting it soften you, letting it open to you because Bodhicitta is found everywhere. And so even when somebody's sad or grieving, if you pull that cord, you'll see that there's pain in there. There's gentleness that's underneath all of that anger and rage and hurt. And that to really sit with the bodhicitta and to sit with your energy, the bad feeling, and just transmute it because you don't want to repress it. You don't want to suppress it. You want to transmute it. You want to let it go. So it clears you. And that's something to be great. And you can have gratitude for that. Everybody can, you can always find something to be grateful for. But I just love this idea of being a warrior in its W-A-R-R-I-O-R in a sense of becoming softer and more compassionate, self-compassionate most of all, but compassionate for other people. And that ripples out, Yeah. whether it's love. Uh, I've heard it just, I think it was from Summer McStravick and sharing and and practicing love and love in just that gratitude that energy of mm-hmm. of generosity even in times when you wouldn't think of doing that like in traffic when you're just like you want to react and go oh my god like can nobody drive and <laughs> whatever but instead and i heard her say that and i've practiced it and it feels really awkward and weird at first, but just go, oh, I'm just going to send love out to all these other people around me, send love out to these other drivers. They're all dealing with their day and their crap and just send that love out. And you know what? That then overflows and calms me mm-hmm. and it can be in any situation and just pause. And I'm just so grateful that I I'm here at this moment and can bless their lives. They don't, they won't even know what hit them. <laughs> but yeah, Exactly. And, and, and the, you're the only one in there. So if you're getting upset in traffic, you're just raising your own blood pressure, but you're not doing anything else. That's all yeah. you're doing is me. So it's these small choices that we can make every day to change our lives because now we can choose to put on comedy or now it's a great time to meditate because I'm sitting in traffic. Right. Like, whatever choice or or start a little dance party (laughs) yeah exactly whatever it is and I think these ideas have helped me so much because I've been had so much pain and so much heartache and so much rejection and I realized that the rejection that I feel is not only my ex but my relationship with my father so there's just so much grief to process and to realize that no, it may not, it was maybe not me, but whatever's going through their mind and their life, because it's not as personal. then you realize that this whole divorce and all the heartache is not as personal that we think it is. We personalize everything with our egos, but really they have their own stuff going on and it's now it's hitting our stuff. But if I can get rid of my stuff, then I don't worry about their stuff. Well, and I've heard the analogy that a marriage has three members in it. It's, it's the one partner, the other partner, and then the marriage is its own entity. So it needs nurturing or it needs, you know, it's, it's its own entity. So that kind of fits with what you say, where people have, you know, we have each person and no matter if it's a marriage, there's that relationship that is its own entity. And that's what, you know, that's where we kind of dump some of this stuff. And if we, like you say, deal with our portion of it. There's less garbage in that, in that third, in that relationship. Exactly. Exactly. It's always, so I, that was what I have learned is to clean up my side of the street and just be the best person I can be. And I'm finding a lot of love and, and positive feelings for my ex um, because I practice doing that, but you know, otherwise it would just, I could see how closing your heart and could really be an option for people. Mm-hmm. And being angry and bitter and just creating more of that. And just shield themselves with from the pain and any yeah. potential for any more pain and feeling, okay, this now I feel safe because I've barriered myself. Uh, I'm going to sit in here in my pain. There's no more pain going to find me. And 
they kind of shut themselves out. Like you say, they right. just kind of shut their heart down and that's really sad to see, but yeah. it, it's, it's part of what you have to work through. And gladly we aren't overwhelmed and we aren't hit with all of it at once. It comes in layers. And that's what I've discovered and heard others say too. We deal with some, and that doesn't mean it's ever going away. There's a scar there, just like a physical scar. There's going to be a scar there. That's going to be a more tender spot, but it doesn't mean we have to dwell on it and poke it all the time or whatever. Um, it, and, and as we each level heals, we will get to a deeper level and something else may remind us or trigger us. And it's an opportunity to heal that portion again. Yes. And, and there's a difference between being tough and being strong, and which mm-hmm. you alluded to that, you know, being tough makes you closes you down, but being strong is the opposite of tough in a way, because it, you face it and you let it go. Let it, it's all just energy. Everything's energy and just let it go through you because then it just let it go. And then you're not, you're lessening the chances of having a scar. That's a great analogy. Yes. I like you're just letting it go. You're just letting it evaporate and the the universe is just going to handle it. Yes. I have a practice that I heard and I don't remember who, so I can credit them. But when you do some of that energy work where you just breathe very deep and you picture that fresh, vibrant energy, just filling your body and then pulling out all those toxins and just let them flow back out into, Mm -hmm. into the soil, into, and the, and the earth will, or whatever nature, whatever you want to envision, whatever works for you will then rejuvenate that will, will just, it flows back in that energy is always present, but it doesn't need to be negative and it doesn't need to remain inside you. So whatever people use for their practices of healing, there's, there's many different, many different ways of just letting that go, pulling that it's been in you, let it go. And then I like how you say too, to let it go through you because we resist. It's like, Oh, that's going to hurt. I don't want to think about that, but it's not going away until you process it. Yeah. Now, Jenna, what, what exercises would you have for people to let to meditate? I do meditation all the time a lot of meditation and, and sitting, um, re, you know, reading and learning. And then journaling is always good. You know, I don't want people to be afraid of themselves because I'll just do spoiler alert right now. What you're going to find out in your most scared, when you can go into your scariest places that you're just energy, like we just discussed. And like, if, if you would even pretend that you weren't human anymore, which is another exercise I like to do because all the energy from all beings is the same source. So you can really boil yourself down to like a flower or a tree or a blade of grass. And you'll see that that's just energy and the energy is just love. And that's all you're going to find out. So don't be afraid of yourself. Ooh, that's potent. Don't be afraid of yourself. You know, that that's, I think why it's so potent is because probably we can all relate to that. We, we are afraid to look. I yeah. find that I hoard busyness mm-hmm. because then I don't have quiet, still moments. Uh, I'm better now, but yeah, I'm still kind of hoard business, but I realize what I'm doing. And then I pause and think, wait, what am I afraid will show up? in the quiet and in the silence and in the stillness. And I think that's that we're afraid of ourselves. We're afraid what we will see and find. And, and what's so interesting that that was, I spend a lot of time with myself doing this, that these decisions that I made this, where I feel the worst or the most nothing, a little kid made those decisions, not a grown up, like a five-year-old thought that, and then that you just kept believing it. Hmm. And that five-year-old wasn't getting what it needed. So, you know, other people were maybe have been or a system or a school system or whatever it was, was failing them. So this is really about going back and reparenting that or rescuing yourself. So I spend a lot of time doing that. And that is very helpful, but it don't turn away from yourself. When, When you really get to that spot where you just feel the most worthless, that's when you stay, you gotta stay, practice staying. Sit in that, sit in your poopy in diaper. I've heard some people say. <laughs> you. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll see it's got, it's going to feel scary for 
like a few minutes and then you'll see something better will come. It's very well worth it. Tell us more about the reparenting, Jenna. That we, we believe we all, I call it emotional tattoos. We believe things about ourselves that we made up. I remember the day in second grade when I said, everybody else is okay. And there's something wrong with me. I remember that day, that moment when I made that decision and then believed it and believed it. You know, it's just the thought you keep thinking. And now I think, okay, well, I think about all the ways that I didn't get what I needed, that I was an empath who learned in a way that was auditory. And in the seventies, it was just reading and blackboards. And that was all we had. So if you were an auditory empath with narcissistic parents, good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck getting anything. Um, So I felt there was no safe space. There was, I wasn't safe at home. I wasn't safe at school. And so it now is up to me to go and rescue that girl and spend time with her and develop a relationship with her and have her go back and do scenes and say, no, I'm here. I'm going to rescue you now. I'm going to do what my parents should have done. Oh, that's magic. Yeah. And it's not about, you know, your parents did the best they could to really forgive them and move on, which is the other gift you give yourself is forgiveness. And only I can do this for her now. That that's very powerful. It's magic. And it's something as an empowerment coach that I've really encouraged people to do is revisit that little girl. Now you take it further. I have them revisit her and remember how curious and enthusiastic and outspoken and full of energy and yes, you know, and, and what did she dream about? And let's get back in touch and let's capture that again. You know, we've, we've really conditioned it out of her and, oh, that's not appropriate or whatever it might be. Right. And I want people to get in touch and then, you know, take their future and their dreams with that, go into them with that kind of energy and that kind of excitement about life. And I love though, how there, there's a very important component of forgiveness as well. And acknowledging, you know, those moments where either they were bullied or they bullied themselves or they criticized, you know, compared like what you did. And I think that's a very important component of that. It's, it has to go together. Yeah. It's, it's forgiveness and compassion for self and other people. Yeah. Because we do, you're absolutely right. We exile parts of ourselves that our parents didn't like because we want to belong. And then we develop different bouncers or managers of these parts, protectors. And those are also parts of ourselves that we have to have a relationship with. So even when people feel bad about themselves, they all have critical parts or different. It's not the all the whole you. It's only a part of you that feels that. I love that statement you made, how by doing those that work, we receive compassion and forgiveness we allow and give that to ourselves but that naturally then leads to forgiveness and compassion towards the people in that space at that time who did what they did and that was the best they had to offer we are that was it we're forgiving yes (laughs) and and have that compassion and not hold that not hold on to that really acknowledge it and like you said, let it pass through and let it go. And it makes us a far more compassionate and understanding and forgiving person in our future now by having looked back and allowing that, you know, taking care of all that messy sludge that's sitting back in our past that weighs us down. It makes us better. And we look at things from that perspective now when things hit us in this life and we think, okay, wait a minute, you know, here's some compassion. This is where they were maybe at. Doesn't mean I have to allow that around me, you know, about there's a boundary I've created, but we don't, we're not filled as with as much anger and resentment towards them. Maybe it's, it's, we separate ourselves from that with the compassion, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. I'm hundred percent. And I think it's important to real, to be compassionate with yourself that just because you didn't get better doesn't mean you didn't deserve better. Right. And people like what's familiar. And I struggle with this too. 
because we think familiar what familiar feels good to us but it may not be the thing that we need mm, you know exactly. because we had if we came from we're trauma bonded or we're addicted we're addicted to who we are we want to go back to what's familiar but if those relationships didn't serve us we and it's really hard it's a, literally an addiction you got to keep being compassionate with that feeling of yes i want to stay in this thing but it's not what serves me and i deserve better and to create something else to be familiar with it's not easy oh so happy my hats off to other people that can do this which i work on it every day and i still feel like i miss my ex or i want to part of me still wants to be with him or wants to be loved by my parents or whatever it is still now i'm so happy you made that point because it does keep us locked in whether there's abuse or not it keeps us locked into something familiar because the unfamiliar is scary or mm -hmm. we're at an age at any stage it can be your 20s 30s 40s whatever and you feel at that point you're as old as you've ever been and you think okay i'm i'm in this i just got to make it work or whatever and i'm happy that you are going to be offering information to help save marriages too and prevent divorce or prevent people getting into situations again that are familiar but aren't serving them best. And that might be a relationship or a work situation or whatever it is, a friendship. So I think it's very, a very valid point that what's familiar is not necessarily what serves you best. Yes. You might have to get uncomfortable if, if it doesn't feel right. If things are cringy, things make you feel icky, then it needs some some examination, some reconsideration. Yeah, and, that, and those are the places where we need to love ourselves the hardest. The places we feel the worst, the places where we're struggling the most, the, the places where we really struggle, those are the places that we need to love ourselves. Mm, and that's so, usually where we judge ourselves the most. That's exactly right. It's like, I don't know. Do I trust myself? I I didn't make the best choices. Da, da, da. We list it all off. We beat ourselves right. up about it. We get this bully in our head that keeps reminding us <laughs> and yeah we do need to be our bestie we need to love ourselves the most in those times and that is the hardest time to love ourselves yeah. the most how have you been able to support women in rising up now you're you know the the rising the single girl rising and by single you you know you've clarified if anybody who hasn't heard your podcasts that it's it means not necessarily you aren't in another relationship yet, but that you are, are really taking care of you yourself and not as part of a, a, a family or what, whatever that might be. Regardless of your circumstance, you're having a love affair with yourself, basically. There, you said it. Yeah, yeah perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to leave out the women that are in relationships that do want to rise, but I love this idea of just being this you know because you're really on your own for the first time so it's everything from like I had the fire department come over yesterday because there was beeping and my friend couldn't figure out what was beeping in the house and it turned out to be not even a smoke alarm and I just thought it would be like one guy that could come help me and because you're so lost everything's new and I had a whole fire truck here trying to figure Ooh. out what the beep was so there's all you know do you know do it yourself repairs all the things that we need to know as a single person and just starting fresh. But most of it is really about what's going on inside of us. So everything that we've done in this conversation, the exercises that we, that I've talked about, the meditation, reading certain books, um, just figuring out who you are, what brings you joy and how, how are you here to serve? And what's, how do you become ultimately and I think I want to write a book about this becoming de developing a somebody so you can become nobody, which is like forgetting, forgetting yourself because and not personalizing anything. So you can just be part of everything. So when you're looking at a lake, you're not seeing your reflection, but you're actually seeing the lake because Ooh. you don't have a self. That's cool. So this, um, I noticed again in your bio, you're an expert on personality and communication. Yes. So this yes. really, this speaks to that. Can yeah, you expand I, on that more? 
I, uh, my, my ex and I have a consulting company and my job in coaching leaders, mostly physician leaders was we had personality inventory. So I was explaining them themselves to themselves. So we all are, have these subconscious drivers that drive us. And for us, it's like when we were kids and we wanted to get the candy, this is the candy that we want to get. So if we're high in recognition, recognition is going to make us happy. If we have secure, you know, we're high in security, we want that steady paycheck. Um, so whatever these, these are, so it's mostly recognition, people that are high in power, they want to move to the next level, have a big impact on life. Some people are high in altruism and they want to help people. Like for me, if I couldn't help people anymore, I would be miserable. Hedonism, we like to have fun. So people vary on these spectrums of these drivers and we're driven by this. So when we're self-aware, we realize how we're being driven, what's important to us. And then we can make changes. We can make positive changes. We can't change who we are, but we can think differently and we can behave differently. Wow. That's a revelation. How do people react when they learn that about themselves? Um, and these drivers are also connected to their tendencies. So there's a scale that shows us this is just who we are on a regular basis. And then when we get stressed and fatigued, this is who, how we're likely to become, but it's right. driven by these drivers. They, I, there was nobody that I ever did this with that wasn't completely impressed with the tool. And after our conversation, they were able to see what was going on. Cause it's like, you flip the lights and you see like all the cockroaches <laughs> or, uh, as a therapist, I didn't even use this tool. So it's so you get to the same place, but it's a lot slower when you have a tool like this, it really helps. Um, and then they're able, they're able to really look at themselves and, and make different choices and realize that how they were being seen by other people, because we have our identity is who we think we are, but then we have our reputation of how other people are perceiving us. Mm. But you want to make sure that you're in line with that. I like the point. I want to come back to that statement. Um, I like the point about who who we are at this in these times and then who we are when there's a stress added because we definitely can all admit that there's a change to some yeah. degree some you know sometimes we don't as strongly react and sometimes it depends what we're reacting to so tell me more about how we want to be in line with others perceptions of us and who we really are so we want to make sure that we're so aware of who we are that when other people are perceiving us a certain way, and it can be very, very deceiving. So let's take, for example, adjustment level. So adjustment goes on a scale from how neurotic you are, zero to 100. So I'm a three. So I'm as neurotic almost as they can be. So the glass may be, even though I say it's refillable, I may be thinking sometimes it's half empty. Everything's an emergency to me. Um, I I don't kind of wake up to win. I wake up not to lose. For mm. high adjusted people, they're very calm, cool, collected. And they kind of just stroll into work ready to win. They don't understand why the neurotic people are like, we look crazy to them. Like we're just histrionic, whatever it is. But where we fail, they win. And where we not fail, but where we have struggle, they're really good. So they're really good at their jobs. The high adjusted people, their grace under pressure because they're so calm, cool, collected. Where we're like, everything's an emergency. And we're like, no, my God, you have to do this. This is really important. And so one may think the other one's hysterical. The other one is like, they act like they don't care. So it's deceiving for a calm person from an erotic person because the calm person thinks that that doesn't understand what the is going on with the high, low adjusted person, the neurotic person and their calmness to us seems like aloofness, but they're just calm. So if you have a boss like this and you're saying you got to order this supplies because COVID's coming back or whatever, God forbid, um, you'll see that the, the neurotic person will see that where the, the oh, it's fine. It's fine. No, it's not fine. We're going to lose. We're going to be behind and they don't listen. And then it's taken like they're they feel dismissed, but it's just that that person's calm. So in a marriage, you can understand how that could be a disaster because you feel like you're just being dismissed, but the other person's just calm. They don't realize how dismissive they are. they come off 
because they're not wired to worry about anything. So they're not wired about worried about their reputation, high adjusted calm people. And they get into trouble because they don't have a sense of urgency about anything. And they're not worried about what people are thinking around them because they're just not worried. And the person on the other side of the spectrum can also get themselves in trouble because they're panicking about everything and, and, and blowing it up maybe. Yes, but they, they're great. They make better leaders because they have an ear to the ground and people feel heard. Mm. And when people say, we got to do this thing, they're listening and they care about their uh, their people and they care about how they're being taken in. And they're always, they're worried about their reputation. How am I doing? Give me feedback. Very coachable. Right. Were the low, high adjusted? No, they're tougher because they don't understand. They don't understand what, what where's the problem? What's the urgency? <laughs> What's the urgency? Exactly. But, so they, they make better leaders, but they're, they're, they're not a great in emergencies. Um, I feel like I need to stick up for the, the, the higher adjusted, because I think that's where I fall in the spectrum and, and just, you know, I've, they are, they remain calmer. I think they, they can, they do have, they do have the ability to be very, uh, balancing say in, yeah. in the environment and, and, and just help dial things down a little bit and, you know, you know, be present that way. And, um, I know myself, I'm very coachable, but that's very, that's not, that's more individual. So in you're speaking in a general sense and, and I am likewise, I have to say mind blowing. That is, it's a simple concept and yet, wow. What, how, there's no good and bad. So I don't want to say high adjusted people are bad because if you look at, you look at Sully Sullenberger, okay? You don't want me flying that plane when those birds strike because I'm like, we're going down. You don't <laughs> want me flying your plane. You don't want me doing heart surgery. So the fact that when Sully Sullenberger, and I don't know if they, everybody heard it in Canada, but when the plane went in the river, I don't know if everybody heard about this, right? He said very calmly, we're going to be in the river. And he just had control of the situation because he was calm. So yeah, that's where he excels. But maybe with his his wife may feel dismissed. So <laughs> right. working for you in one place and it's and it's same thing with low adjusted. It works in one place and it works against you in another. So there's no good and bad. But yes, what you said is very true that we need calm people in emergencies to, to have clarity and lead us through it. But it's so the mind blowing part for me, Jenna, is how how it's interpreted by the 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 people on the yes, other end of the spectrum are, it's misinterpreted exactly so there's no everything's an illusion so whatever somebody may feel bad that their their spouse left but so much had to do with their spouse's thinking that nothing to do their spouse may be going through a, a midlife crisis and think they're they're you know this is the end and whatever they got all kinds of issues it has nothing to do with them even though it feels so personal because we personalize it well, and we have our perspective. So we're going yes. to interpret everything from our perspective. And this fits beautifully with what you said about creating compassion. When we pause to think that the way I see it isn't maybe the way that they intend it, or maybe this is more of their personality, and really stop and give them compassion and just some space and go, wait a minute, you know, I've seen them react this way in these situations maybe that didn't involve me directly it was more you know aimed at I saw how they handled the children in this situation say or their parents or uh, a situation at work and that's that's just how they do it and I know how they intended it in those situations so when it's pointed at me it's also not dismissive or it's not histrionic it's that's just who they are. And we start to create that space of compassion. I just love that. And I think that really would prevent a lot of misunderstandings in all, you know, friendships work, but especially in your, with your significant other in a, in a, yeah. a marital. I, a- I agree. I, I like doing this, this uh, assessment. And I think it's really eye opening for people to see that this is just who they are and it's not personal towards them. And they're not even meaning it in the way, the way they're, what they're, think they are in their head is completely different from the way someone's registering them in their their head Mm -hmm. I think everybody listening has heard of different comparisons of you know we understand the personalities are different we we see that but I love the simplicity of this just that envisioning that scale that that or that spectrum in our head 
and approaching others that way. And maybe it's when you're parenting and, you know, your kids are panicked about something and you're like, okay, well, wait a minute and be careful not to come off as dismissive. Say if you're, if you're more on the, the other end and right. you you don't like, just try and understand how you come across to others. So not only how you are receiving, but how you're giving and to be, con- be conscious of that, that to say, you know, maybe it's not as bad as it seems, but I'm, I hear you, I see you, whatever it might be. And it's, it's just a simple practice of, of communicating. Yes. But being mindful of how you're being, how you're coming across and, and who you are, if you, but you have to know who you are to be able to understand how to be, how other people might be seeing you. Yeah. It's a very brave step to take. Ooh, yes. Ooh, yes. Uh, now, what would your best advice be for girls rising? Um, I think to really stand in your power that women are very competent and men are very confident. And so we, and I can't tell you how many physician leaders I always say, when I talk to a woman, I say, don't let that guy who's challenging you publicly or whatever it is at work, whoever it is, don't let them mess with you because you're buttoned up and you're never going to come in front of people and make a bold statement that you don't know how to back up. They will challenge you because they're confident, but a lot of times they don't know what they're talking about. They're confident. <laughs> You are confident. They're confident. I don't know how men got this confidence that women want, but we need to rise up, stand in your power and don't back down. Shine your light. And you're giving all the other women in the room permission to do the same. It's a big, it's a big thing. Oh, Jenna, that is okay. I am. I have to repeat that. So women, you are competent. Men are confident. And it doesn't necessarily mean they aren't competent, but no. they're, but it's, but they meet you first with the confidence in, in most cases. And I love that advice. Just be, be confident in your competence. Women, you have a light to shine and that will help others find that courage, that bravery, that boldness to shine their light as well. And, and rise up. Yes. Stand in your power, take space, take up space. There's so much space in space. Take it up. Don't be afraid. Ooh. to take it up. Okay. Yeah. Now that you just keep dropping these gems, Jenna, <laughs> because I can so relate, take up that space. And I think, especially for anybody who's come out of, well, when you come out of a marriage, you, you do feel beaten down. It doesn't matter the situation, but especially if there's been any abuse involved, you've tried to be invisible, small, not trigger anything, you know, keep the peace. You're walking on eggshells, all of that. You are trying so hard not to take up space that I think what you just said is phenomenal. Just, just stand in your power, allow your light to shine and take up some space. You deserve it. You own it. You are, you need it as, as much as anybody else. And, and you're not removing, you're not crowding anybody else. You're not taking anybody else's space. You're just taking what you deserve and what you own. And that's going to be a light to shine and help others rise. Yes. I, and keep your boundary because like in my relationship, I helped my ex build this, you know, big company. I took care of both of our kids, one with autism and ended up, you know, divorced and, you know, lost a lot of things in the divorce. And so what did it get, you know, being everything to everybody got me nowhere, except I, I discovered myself. That was the path I had to go through. So skip all that and just stand in your power now. And it could be a really good test. Like, I, I want, I, I just love the prevent divorce focus that you are also going to be working on and sharing with people. And I think it's a great test. If you are in a situation where you aren't really sure how to reinvent yourself and you're afraid of losing the relationship and you're not sure how it's going to be taken, just try it, try yeah. it, stand in your power, use that space, shine your light and, and just see how it's accepted. 
use it as a test of a, of a relationship. You might be surprised that they're like, oh, I just love you this way. I, you know, it's very attractive. It's, it's incredible. And especially maybe at certain times, like when you become an empty nester and, oh my gosh, I, that role has changed, say. And that is often a time that marriages can fall apart. And that would be a great time to, instead of just falling apart, try this powerful uh, practice and see where it goes. It might rejuvenate everything and prevent a divorce. Yes, 100%. And be grateful for your, keep a gratitude journal on your partner while you're, (gasps) you're doing this because you're being new to them. So it might be a little, you know, scary. And that's the other thing. People don't want you to be different. So they'll seduce you back into being who you were, but you've got to make this commitment to yourself to be who you are and be grateful for that and grateful for them. And, you know, hopefully it'll work out, but if they don't want you to, to grow, I mean, that's that will cause friction, but I got to You got to do it. You got to do it because you only have yourself at the end. You have to love yourself first to be a good partner to anybody. Love yourself first. I love that. I think that's a great note to end on. Jenna, I have just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I love too. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Uh, and this has been an, uh, 45 minutes, an hour of heaven. <laughs> Likewise. I just feel like there's so much value in what you've brought to this conversation and oh, and you. how how empowering and just just inspiring i i hope that people i know myself i know i was here i heard the whole conversation i was part of it but i can't wait to listen to this back again and i will probably listen to it more than once because i want to pick out all these gems that you've offered we've really we've really dropped a lot of value here for people and i i really appreciate your time today thank you i'm happy to come back anytime this was amazing wonderful we will look forward to that definitely Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to go more into the prevent divorce when you're working in that towards okay. uh, that 100%. and uh, yes. some of the other, some of the other things that you've mentioned. So yes, so excited. She will be coming back. We will also share all of your contact information as well as link to your podcast in the show notes. And I also am going to get a list from you of some of the books that you mentioned during the conversation, because that is some great material for supporting people and and some reference for them so all of that will be in the show notes don't panic she's not going to be gone forever and we will have you back again jenna excellent i cannot wait thank you so much hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about let me know check the show notes for all the contact information Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through divorce or separation. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, divorce resource groups, blog, and all content, including our podcast, is intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada does not constitute endorsements for nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.